0: Go, go, <laughs> Buddy, we are finally here. The hookup in music has finally arrived at the Sadistic Penguin Studios. Yes, 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 yes. Wendy, I'm home. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash you. All right, all right. That's enough. That's enough over there from The Shining. All right. We are the hookup on music and we are here for you for your musical pleasure. We are going to talk about Every different type of music, any different type of music, all different types of music. And we are sharing this amazing experience with our, our amazing brothers here at the Pe- uh, Sadistic Penguin Studios. You know, you have the the uh, an amazing, amazing Yumper and Sfo go to the show. You have an, a very, very amazing. It's getting drafty in here. Very, 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 very good stuff. Um, lots and lots of stuff coming. Really, 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 really glad to be a part of this. This is something that that, well, I'm very, very excited about. You know, we're excited here at the old uh hookup on music. You know, it's always exciting for new journeys, you know. And tonight, you know, we have a we have a really, 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 really good journey for you. You know, we're gonna go and today we have we're just going through here checking some different stuff out making sure everything is looking good before i bring in my guest who is really 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 going to really have a, a i think a good time here we're going to be talking about um really really some, some good things and um so please please thank you for for welcoming us here And please, 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 please keep tuning in um, because we are so, so glad to be part of Sadistic Penguin Studios. So we hope, hope you have a good time. And with that being said, let's get this rock and roll show on the road for this week. star-studded here today and that's kind of why I messed up because I am with the ever amazing author Tony Keeney who has wrote this awesome book who we're going to talk about a little bit while later but thank you for joining me my man.
1: Thank you Tony it's a pleasure to be here.
0: No problem um so let's let's jump right into it. When did you uh, get started writing this this awesome book if you see me?
1: That's a long story um um I don't know if I should, I could maybe talk about how I met Pepe later yeah, later, right, but right there, yeah. Okay, well, I met I met Pepe the same way, um, I, or I, I discovered Pepe, I should say, the same way I kind of discovered Prince. When I was seven, and and for, you know people will know that Prince is a seminal figure in in this book. When I was seven, I had one record that I owned. It was the Jackson Five Dancing Machine single. It's a forty-five. And I played it all the time. I had one of these little, just simple record players. And I had a friend, and Prince's first album, his debut album for you, would have been out now a couple months. This is 1978. And nobody outside of Minneapolis or the big cities knew. I mean, he wasn't a star yet by any means. People really didn't didn't know who he was. But I saw my my friend, his grandmother or his aunt or somebody had given him an eight-track tape. Of, of this album and prince is on the cover and the the cover is it's he's got this perfectly shaped afro it's, again it's 1978 and there's like the sun the it's hard to explain but there's the sunlight that it's kind of like well i know exactly what you're talking about Right, it's oh, yeah. beaming it's like coming through his oh, yeah. eyes it's just the image just struck that's a really cool picture so that that guy looks cool So I just took a chance and I traded my 45 of dancing machine for this eight track that my friend, he had never listened to. He didn't, you know, again, nobody knew we didn't know Prince was, but I took it home and just, we had an eight track. My family, we were already always a generation or two behind technologically. We had an eight track player when people were starting to get cassette players and and whatnot, but I popped it in It's 33 minutes long. And I became a Prince, what we call, you know, Fellow Prince Freaks, call, we would call ourselves Prince Freaks. Say it. Say it yeah. out. I, and, man, uh, talking, we got and, a lot of and, Prince fans and, here who tune yeah. into this. So. Yeah. At age seven, right? Um, who would have thought? And there was just something about the music. I'd never heard anything like it. There was so, it was, and it's not his most celebrated album, but there was so much on, on there to me, yeah. you know. And so I became a fan. And then his next few albums, they were um, a little more risque. material controversy dirty yeah yeah Yeah. and the the imagery and my parents will never let me buy those (laughs) but I had a friend up the street who was a little bit older um and he had all those albums so I would by this time I had an allowance that I would buy my own you know out you know vinyl records and I would just borrow the, the the disc and slide it in like one of my other album sleeves, sneak right? It, yeah. yeah, sneak it in. That's how this I would awesome. you know, listen to him. And um, so, you know, obviously his career slowly was building, and with Purple Rain, it you know blew up. And so I was, I was. There started these. They were kind of they weren't puff pieces, but these little biographies came out about Prince. You know, people. You know, Purple Rain was out, so people would like turn around. You know, trade paperback books. You know, they're not really serious biographies, but people are just trying to make money off of this phenomenon. So I was reading these books, and they talk about this guy, Pepe Willie, right, and how he was a mentor to Prince. So that's how I learned about Pepe. And then um, what really grabbed me, though, was a couple years later, uh, Pepe put out an album that he had done in the 70s. Um, He was the first person ever to take Prince into a professional studio and pay him as a, you know, got him signed up to the music union when he was a teenager. And again, I'll talk about more later about how Pepe and Prince came to be. But so Pepe put out this album in 1986 and his name wasn't on it, right? It just, it was called Minneapolis genius. And the band was 94 East, which was Pepe's band. Um, But again, it had Prince and some other, you know, some of Prince's contemporaries um, that he grew up with on played on this record. And again, I remember seeing the record. It's like, it's purple and it's got clouds and it's got a dove with a a rose in its mouth. And it's, you know, again, it said Minneapolis Genius. I didn't know what it was, but I was like, I know I'm going to buy it. And I'm going to find out what it is. I bought it, you know, and again, it was a vinyl record. They still had those there. And I took it home and then I saw, okay, I I know this name, Pepe Willie. That's kind of how I became a fan of Pepe. And as the years went by, I'd see Pepe interviewed in, in Prince fan magazines and other things. And then there was a documentary about Prince that came out in the early nineties. And that was actually the first time I ever saw Pepe talk, right? And I remember my friends and I sitting around seeing him, saying, you know, Prince, that guy looks so cool. You can just walk up and start talking to him and, you know, hang out with him, right? And it's like, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I moved here in uh, 1997 and I'd been here about ten days, and um, Prince was doing a benefit at Paisley Park one night, and I'm just standing in line waiting to get in, and this car comes up, and uh, you know tries to get. They weren't letting anybody parking in the in the parking lot that night. You had to park on the street, but but this car tried to go in the parking lot, and they stopped him, and he got this guy got out, and I saw that's Pepe, right? So he walked up and talked to whoever was security and they said, you got to park on the street, Pepe, or whatever, or whatever." and um, I don't think, most of the crowd was younger that night for whatever reason. I don't know how many of them knew who Pepe was, but I'd known who he was now for, at that point, half my life, you know, 13 years. And I'm pretty much of an introvert. I, I don't like to talk, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not one to like introduce myself to people. It's hard. You know, sometimes in those situations too, it's definitely tough. Yeah. But I just blurted out, Hey Pepe, right? 99 times out of a hundred, I wouldn't have said anything, but it just came out of my mouth and he came up to me and he said, um, Hey, where did I know you from? Or how do I know you? Something to that thing. I said, you don't, but I know no. you. So we started talking and we spent like a lot of that night together, just talking and we became friends and i already knew his story and so oh, yeah. he didn't have to, you right. know um so he's you know and i happen to have started publishing some stuff already yeah. um just small articles and, and things here and there about prints or, or other things and so we talked about writing a book and this is 1997 and i always thought to my I don't. I don't know how to write a book. I can't write a book. Oh yeah.
0: Well yeah. When you're, you're you know, in the early phases. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. And the, the longest thing I had I had written my master's thesis on prints is like you know eighty pages. I'm like, ah. oh yeah. I, I didn't think I could write any more than that. So we had talked about it, and we we just never got around to it. And finally, around maybe 2006, 2007. Um, he said, let's get, you know, we've been talking about this for 10 years. Let's do something. And we put maybe 100 pages together. And it wasn't crafted like a, it was just capturing different stories from his life, right? And just yeah. kind of piecing them together. It wasn't really. Well, that's what makes a good book, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. Really and it wasn't yeah. yet. It wasn't yet what you'd call book form. But it no. was just. But you're just like
0: gathering the stories that, that could, you know,
1: form it. Yeah. And, and then, you know. But I always had a full time job, you know. It's tough. Yeah, that's the hard part, right? And we kind of let it fall by the wayside, and then ten years later, we start talking about it again. And I think it was February, maybe of twenty sixteen. We just sat down and and we said, okay, we're just going to do it. I said, you know what? I'm just going to throw caution to the wind, and we'll see what happens. So I started. We started writing it. Um, The way would we would do it is I'd go over to his house every week and we just swap stories or, or you know, just talk about things. Some of the things we talked about a hundred, you know, already talked about a hundred times but we just kept. And I started to build, build chapters I mean, and maybe, yeah. uh, maybe have five or six chapters done. And then Prince dies in April of that year. And we're like, we, we just, we couldn't, it was too,
0: Honestly, I, I'm at work today, and I'm reading this. Okay, I'm right. supposed to be working, and I, I get to the part where, you know, Peppy's talking about how right. it affected him. You know, and mm-hmm. I affected me. I mean, I remember it affected a lot. You know,
1: yeah. everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so we put it, we put it aside. But we told ourselves, okay, we we got to finish it now. We don't have a choice. Yeah. And again, it probably took another year to complete. And the the manuscript we turned in was almost 500 pages. Yeah a lot of it was trimmed, and I'll, I'll talk about that later. Um, there's, you know, Pepe and I talk about that all the time. All the stories that are in there, and all the ones that aren't. Oh, yeah. Well, that's and, the thing, you know.
0: Right. W- 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 it, you know, in a later date, if you're you're not busy, we could have a part
1: two, you know. <laughs> we've <Well, laughs> we talked about that. Yeah. We've, yeah, I mean, we've, we've always, or maybe someday we'll, you know, re-release yeah. the book in its full, full form.
0: Well, I mean, honestly, I'm... You know, I know a lot of the backing people, and I, I you know, and, and it like even you know, Bobby Z, who you get a, right. a quote from here on the back. Right. I mean, honestly, it was like last year. Uh, my daughter, she's one. Um, mm-hmm. I kept playing the controversy video because mm-hmm. she keeps dancing to it. <laughs> and man, I always focus in on Bobby Z on right. the drum for some reason, he was really yeah. good, but yeah, um, it's cool, very yeah. cool, but uh. So you, so then you go ahead and you kind of finish up the book, then you get to mm-hmm. that point. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's a, it's a really, it's a really sharp read. I even liked the Ford, you know, in the beginning right. with, uh, you know, Clarence Collins, I thought that mm-hmm. was really, really a solid, just kind of, cause he's talking about being, you know, kind of a little bit of a mentor to Pepe, you know, it's, right. it's kind of like showing the steps.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I really, I found that to be very cool. Yeah. And that's um, it is cool. And Clarence, you know, he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, and he he taught Pepe, and Pepe took those lessons and taught Prince. Yeah. And and you know that was a big that's a big theme in the book. Is how you know to pay it forward to pat you know pass what you learn on to take what you learn and share it with those around you and. We, we, you know, I know that was important to Pepe to really, to, to center, cent, you know, center on that theme and really, because again, and it wasn't just his uncle. I mean, Pepe grew up. Pepe was surrounded by who's who of rock and roll and soul music. You know, his his uh, sister dated Stevie Wonder. His his aunt went to Juilliard with Miles Davis and was friends with Thelonious Monk. Right. So Pepe grew up in this world, and he learned so much from so many different people. And, and um, I, w- I don't want, I don't want to derail, you know, your, your, the direction you want to go in, but, you know, and we can talk about it. Just, no, I want to have... talk
0: about whatever, this is you, okay. well, this playing. show is always, what this show is about is just you getting it out and us sharing it with other people. Cause these are just, no matter what, you could be talking about Pepe eating a taco and it's going to be exciting <laughs> to somebody because you know what, it's, it, you know, it, it, he's somebody who's, who's awesome and worth listening to. So whatever yeah,
1: you got. yeah, and that's the thing. Pepe's story, um, to me, Pepe had a best. You know, if you talk about Pepe's life from you know birth to age twenty-two, that's that could have been a bestseller. Yeah, right. In the you yeah. know, if it just again, I, I'm I'm proud of the book. There's so much again that was left out just because it, you know, five hundred pages is is a lot for a, oh, yeah. an unknown author. <laughs> but still, I mean, honestly, though, you
0: know, I've been lots like I said the cover is smooth you know it's not it's not something that you know it looks like it's thrown together and the pictures in the middle i mean they tell the story Mm -hmm. like sometimes i'm gonna say i've read hundreds of these and 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 some of them give you not the pictures that you want to see
1: right these pictures
0: were like deep deep cut
1: pictures here Mm -hmm. yeah um in the minnesota minnesota historical society press they they have a great reputation they they you know they're I don't know if this is their official model, but they say we're a small but mighty press. They put out a lot of really great content, and they were a great—you know—we were really fortunate to get. That's the other thing. When the book was done, we're like, okay, how do we, how do we get it published? We had no idea how to go about it, and people would say, "Well, you're not going to get a book published unless you have a—you know—a literary editor or a—you a, know—a—you know—not literary." Uh, Whatever it's called, agent, you know, yeah, agent yeah, literary yeah, agent, right? And they said, "And you're never going to get a literary agent because most of their, most of the agents aren't taking on new clients. They've got a stack of book on their desks that they're never going to read. So it's, it, you know, we were made to think it would be impossible, right? Yeah. And at first, it, it took, you know, it took a good year of trying to. And I don't know how we didn't really have a team. To you know, we're again, we just did this together, and most when we got to, when they approached us or when we met them, they said, "Um, how far along is the manuscript? Because usually they're signing contracts when the books are being written. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like All the manuscripts, 500 pages, it's been done for 12 months or 15 months or whatever. So they're like, oh, that's great. (laughs) Yeah, I I guess we did it the wrong way. You know, we should have got our advance.
0: Yeah, (laughs) well, you know. know. Again, that's not why we did it. No, you know, you know, you you know, but it, it's it's still, you know, when you, I'm not going to lie, when you put this much of good work into something, you should be yeah. rewarded a little bit. And, yeah. you know, Pepe, and, you know, honestly, you're talking to someone no matter who the artist is. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, who's someone else that you like, you know, other than, you know, Prince and Pepe, who's another artist that you oh, maybe I, enjoyed? My
1: my musical tastes are so broad. Yeah, And they weren't always... I, I shouldn't say that. I... When I was a kid, the only thing I would buy was a Prince or Prince-related, yeah, cassette. yeah. Because I didn't have that much money. I like yeah. other music, but I I run the gamut. Um, the it, the only I don't have a lot of you know I probably have everything I probably have I don't know four or five thousand CDs. Oh, that's awesome, I'm a CD guy. And I'm starting to you know me too. Buy vinyl again, but yeah, they're coming back. Yeah, the only the only um genre I don't have a lot of content it would be country music and it's not that i don't respect yeah. it it's just not it just doesn't that that's the strongest I think, I, yeah i i respect all music um but yeah i have i i give you a list
0: of a hundred well you brought up earlier the jackson five today i got this booklet in the car it's like 50 right. mix cds with just random songs i don't remember what's on them and right. i put it on there like blame it on the boogie by the Jackson right. was on there. And I, you know, and then from there, it's like, uh, you know, something from the eighties. you know, it mixes right. it up. I, I'm right. a big mixer mixing it up, um, uh-huh. you know, but you know, yeah. but the, I also like the reason I like this book and I liked wanting to talk to you is I always like the deeper stories. You know, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, Pepe is, a, you know, he's, you know, it's deeper. You know, I mean, right. I love Prince, he's one of right. my favorites, but right. I always think sometimes some of the little bit of the lesser stories they need to be known just as much. So right. I'm really glad you were able to uh, put this book together.
1: Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And it, it's, it's opened a lot of doors. You and I were talking earlier, I'm, I'm working on a, another. Um, the memoirs of another a well-known Minneapolis sound artist, and I've had others that have a- approached me. So it's it's opened a million doors for me, and it also even before Pepe's book came out, um, I was asked to do. I have a couple Prince-related columns that mm-hmm. I've written over the last few years. One, it's a local newspaper here in Minneapolis, and then also I um, I knew somebody that um, Prince's there's a thing called the PRN Alumni Foundation, the Prince Rogers Nelson Alumni Foundation. And these are all the people that were employed by Prince over a 40 year, you know, know, over 40 years, four decades. Everything from, you know, not just musicians, but the people that, you know, janitors, you know, recording engineers, anybody that worked for Prince is considered a member and, they, and the purpose of the foundation is to f- fulfill Prince's philanthropy, you know, the things that he supported, you know, music education and schools, um, you know, a bunch of other things. Of that's, that's why they exist, but they wanted to, they had this idea, let's tell stories about the people that worked for Prince. And it, again, some of them are musicians, but again, a lot of them are recording engineers, or um, they were, you know, did whatever, you know, people that aren't people that nobody else in the world knows. Right. But I got to tell, and we haven't done it for a few years, but over the course of a couple of years, I got to tell their stories. Right. And what it was like to work with Prince. And, it, you know, these stories were um, things that, you know, you read one of these stories, you're, you're bound to laugh. Oh, yeah. You're bound to cry. Yep. I mean, in just the richness and, you know, it, it was it was so fulfilling just to you know yeah. and, and part of people that um one thing prince did number one he always he put women in it, it, not just in the yeah. band but you know in president of the you know or vice president of the, the whole operation or he always had women right women in the recording you know recording engineers he had several um, female recording engineers who are, have gone on and are considered, you know, famous, you know, people like uh, Susan Rogers or Peggy yeah. McCreary. Yeah. Peggy McCreary did Van Halen's first couple albums. Yeah. Right. So these these are, you know, and he, and the other thing he did, um, one of the themes that always came through is people would walk in the door, they want to work for Prince, right? And they came in to do something and they left doing something else. Um, uh, one gentleman, um, he wanted to be a recording engineer. He's from North Dakota. He had no experience. He came here to go to school for it. But in the meantime, he he shows up at Paisley Park with a resume. <laughs> yeah. Because I want to be a recording engineer. And the guy who was in charge of the, you know, I think it was Tom Tucker Sr. at the time, who was Prince's principal engineer, um, said, why should I hire you? You have no experience. You have, you know, no education, and I've got a stack of resumes, you know, 100, 100 high of people around the world who have all these things who want to work here, so why should I hire you? And the guy says, "His, uh, um, I don't know if I should share his name, <laughs> or not, but he said, you know, I noticed this, this building has a lot of windows. Yeah. Somebody's got to wash them. <laughs> so... You know, the Tom Tucker thought that was pretty um, witty. Witty, right? <laughs> yeah. said, okay, I'm going to make you the night. You're going to answer the phones at night. <laughs> yeah, hey. You know, the building's always. You know, somebody's always. they always teach you. Yeah. You got to go in there
0: and take whatever. You know, right. you want to be a part of it.
1: And eventually, he becomes one of Prince's chief engineers. He That's learned cool. how to become an engineer because he read the uh, all the manuals for all the equipment. People own their
0: opportunities by not doing something smart
1: yeah. like that, you know? And there's so many people um, who have who walked through the doors and Prince gave them a chance to be something more than they ever thought they could be. And to, you know, again, that's, um, I'll talk more about how Pepe met Prince. But when I, when I said, hey, Pepe, right, I think about that moment. Um, and again, most of the time I wouldn't have said anything. But those two words changed my life. Right, yeah. they, they put my life on a completely different trajectory. I, I came here because oh, I wanted yeah. to be around the Minneapolis Sound, and okay. I wanted to be part of this world and just experience it as a fan. Yeah, but meeting Pepe, it you know, it just changed my life. And um, to think that I had the opportunity to, to interview some of these people—people people whose names I would read in liner notes—you know, when I was twelve years old, I'm talking yeah. to them and writing a story about their life and it you know it just it's totally i, I i'm empathetically
0: living it through you right now because like <laughs> honestly like just hearing that you got to meet him right. this is amazing to me you know what i mean it, it's because there's so and as you know more than anybody else so many stories that you couldn't even share because you didn't right. have enough time but there's just so right. many
1: you yeah know? that was that was the thing with with this book um again it came out during COVID. And we had all these plans, right? We knew the book was coming out in the fall of 2020, back in the summer of 2019. Yeah. And nobody knew, you know, COVID wasn't a thing. Yeah, Yeah. and we had all these plans to do like book things, you know, events in LA and New York and Chicago, in addition to here. Everything turned out to be virtual, of course. Um, But like, I remember three or four interviews that Pepe and I did together um, some locals, some with you know. Uh, there was a, a show in Brooklyn that you know where Pepe's from, and everybody, you know, three or four of the interview viewers said, "I wish you would have talked about more about your life in New York growing up." And we were like, "We did <laughs> <laughs> about two hundred pages worth, <laughs> but it didn't make the book. It was you know, it was a Minnesota publisher, so that yeah. that makes you know." And again, it was too long. So that a lot of the New York stuff got cut and some Minnesota stuff got cut too. But um, again, I thought, you know, I was like, oh, wow. And I remember Pepe telling his friends, you know, you're going to be in the book, right? Pick it up. And they'd go through, and they're not there. <laughs> and, you know, they their part got, you know, the part that talked about them was cut or whatever. So they're, you know, that was unfortunate. But again, I mean, I'm hoping we can find a way to tell those you know tell those stories or or and we've we've explored you know talked about doing a documentary or there was even interest even though Pep you know Pep isn't again he's not a household name he's well known in the twin cities yeah in the music scene but he's not known over the world but we've had people talk about you know do we do a a, a musical right which is a big thing now for you know when they chronicle you know, Tina Turner's got a new musical out, yeah, which is huge. And again, I'm not equating Pepe to Tina Turner, but that's no a way, way to, to tell. yeah, yeah, that's sure. a way to tell. You know, that's a way to tell these stories. So, I mean, Pepe, you know, he's he's still he's still going. He's about. I'm thinking Pepe's got to be seventy five this year. This um still this rocking, September, you know? yeah, still yeah, rocking. he is still rolling. So he's he's still yeah. We're still trying to, you know get the word out about his life which is amazing you know the things that he experienced um and like you said you've been reading it and um
0: just it's just just a lot you know you know it's it's cool to like i was saying earlier to hear things from pepe's um perspective you know Mm -hmm. it it really Mm -hmm. makes it it makes it a really really good read and i could imagine that just you all the time that you got to spend with him You know all all the things that you know you got to learn, and I'm sure you know. Did you get to meet um,
1: Bobby Z at all by chance? Yeah, I've met Bobby. I've met most. I mean, not everybody, but most of. But most of the people that came up with Prince, um, I've got, and I got to meet Prince, you know, himself. Awesome. A few months after I met Pepe, you know, in when I was in high school, I've told this story before, but my dream was to play in Prince's band. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you play? You play an instrument? Well, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all did. We all did. Yeah, that. I always wanted to play guitar. And um, and my daughter, my daughter, she's twenty four. She just turned twenty four on uh, what is today? There's she turned twenty four on Tuesday. Um, oh. she's an incredible musician. She plays guitar, bass, drums, a awesome. little bit of keyboard. It, she got all the talent. It skipped over me. <laughs> my mother and father had some musical talent over to um, my daughter too. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it, it passed through me to to my to my daughter. But I tried. I just didn't have the aptitude or the patience. Um I played you know I played uh I'm probably making an excuse but uh you know when I was a sophomore in high school I was in the concert choir um which was what zero what they call a zero hour class that met before school started. Yeah yeah so I get I'd get up at five in the morning <laughs> um to get ready for school which for me started at six twenty-five or whatever then i do a full day of school then i was also i was a sophomore i was on the junior varsity basketball team but i also was a reserve on the varsity and there were a couple of us that did that and we both we had to practice with the junior varsity and the varsity so I'd practice twice you know i have a, you know nine hours of school instead of eight yeah and then four hours of basketball practice uh-huh. i could never find the time to Get to that guitar. And I just didn't have the, you know, it was a cheap guitar. It was hard to play. It hurt my fingers.
0: Oh, I, I actually had this conversation <laughs> with somebody at work just this week because he's one sell his guitar. And I was like, is it a Fender Squire? Because that was my first guitar, you know.
1: <laughs> Mine was, it was called a Harmony. And it was like a. Oh, I know Harmony. Oh, yeah. Yeah. $89 from JCPenney catalog. So no, I just no, never, no. I just never had the aptitude or the talent. I just didn't have it. Didn't have the patience to learn. Um, So I never followed. But getting here, I always, again, I mentioned this earlier. I always saw myself here. And when I was in college um, in the early 90s, um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. But popular culture became part of the academy. People were writing about the political and social nature of music and film and art it was becoming a thing and i thought that there's my lane
0: yeah
1: um i can write about prince i can write about music and i started doing that in college and that kind of you know led me to where i am today um so yeah i mean it you know but one thing i want to i wanted to i want to go back i just want to talk about how pepe met prince yes please because i think it's it's it again speaks to. I mentioned that saying those two words, "Hey Pepe," how they changed my life. So Pepe um, grew up in Bed Stuy, Brooklyn. Um, as I mentioned, his you know obviously his uncle Clarence Collins was in Little Anthony and the Imperials, um, who you know were a huge group in the '50s and '60s, in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame today. Um, and they would play these shows at. Uh, at first, was the Brooklyn Paramount Theater. Um, Alan Freed, who people may know, Alan Freed is oh, the yeah. person, you coined the term rock and roll. Oh, yeah. He would do these shows. And Alan, you know, and he had some problems later with the payola scandals and, and whatnot. But he was considered a revolutionary at the time because he was bringing together, he was doing these reviews in Brooklyn and other places where he's bringing white, the best white artists and the best black artists together. And he's bringing black and white audiences together which even in New York in the fifties and early sixties, I mean, nobody else was doing that. No, not, even no. Even though it's, there's not legal segregation, there were still places in the North where, you know, where you had an integrated crowd, they'd run a rope, you know, across the, the, the floor where, you know, the black kids would be on one side yeah. and white kids, you know. So, Pe- so Pepe got to experience that as a young man, seeing his uncle perform and all these other acts um, after um, Alan Freed got in some trouble, Murray, the K. Kaufman, who was a you know another like these are Dick Clark before Dick Clark, is who these guys are. Oh yeah, know? oh I, and, yeah. I spent a, you
0: know it's cool is going back and watching some of those old Alan Freed type of right. stuff. But yeah, yeah. definitely.
1: Yeah. yeah. So that was Pepe's world. He Pepe was you know by the age of twelve in his neighborhood, if you weren't in a gang, you know you weren't safe, right? So he had yeah. to join a gang and. So he had one foot in that world, and he always thought, I, "I don't know if I'm going to make it to be 16. I don't know, and I don't know if I'm going to be 18, or you know, I just." But he also had this foot uh, in this other world, where where Murray the K would do these rock and roll review shows, where all the acts from Motown and all these other, you know, um, the Righteous Brothers and Wayne Newton, right, and Marvin Gaye and Mary Wells and Martha and the Vandellas and the Supremes, right, and Little Anthony the Imperials, and Ray Charles, and Jackie Wilson.
0: We could spend uh, an hour in each one of these right. articles. Yeah. just to let you know exactly. at a later date.
1: <laughs> but, but so as as a teenager, Pepe, like I guess he's got one foot in the gang world. Yeah. He's got his other foot where he's going to these shows with his uncle. Yeah. And his uncle said, why don't you go around the dressing rooms and ask Chubby Checker if he needs you know, something from the store, right? And he did that. And the you know, chubby checker would send him to get a sandwich or whatever, right? And then he'd pay him, you know, here's a couple dollars or whatever. So Pepe as a, like a 14, 15-year-old kid always had a couple hundred dollars in his pocket.
0: What? That's because he's, getting money from he,
1: he's getting money from all these artists. And he's just living this world and seeing how, again, these integrated audiences, and how these artists got along together. At the same time, also seeing or learning about how how hard it was for black artists in that era, like little Anthony, and the Imperials They, you know, they were, they were forced when they were just starting their first record deal, they were forced to sign over their royalties at gunpoint. Yeah. I, I could you know, yeah, the, the, you know, it was the mob had a big part of, you know, I've heard about that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Pepe experienced all this, right. And when he's, uh, you Know he's becoming a songwriter and a musician himself. He's you know being mentored by his uncle and, and a gentleman. I don't know if you've ever heard of Teddy Randazzo. No, I have not. Okay, Teddy was a songwriter, he's in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Um, he wrote <clears throat> a lot of the Imperials' hits, okay. Um, in the 60s, um, songs that you know hurt so bad, for example, covered oh, by yeah. Ronstadt. yeah, oh yeah, that's a Teddy Randazzo song. Among so. Teddy became Pepe's mentor. Taught him how to write songs. Taught him how to, you know, uh, construct a, you know, verse, chorus, verse, you know, bridge, outro, whatever. These formulas that were used um, in those in that era to have a hit record. And so, um, anyway, Pepe's about twenty um, in the Vietnam era. He's eventually going to be drafted into into the army, right? But before that, he was trying to make his way as a songwriter. Um, and, but he was still working for his uncle's group, little Anthony and the Imperials. And they were, they were playing at the Copa Cabana. They did like a two week stand in uh 69. And the Copa was the place to, if you played at the Copa.
0: Oh, okay. you were,
1: yeah. You were huge. So Pepe is working kind of still like a valet, you know, he's, you know, getting, he gets their, their uh, suits together for their you get, performances. Get you know, making sure they got something to eat, you know, um, handing them, hand them towels when they come off stage and whatnot, you know. So anyway, um, Pepe's in the dressing room after one show, and Sammy Strain comes in. He's a member of the group. It's, and Sammy went on to sing with the OJs later. So Sammy's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice. For the, with the materials and with the OJs. Yeah, the OJs. But, so Sammy's this cool cool dude that Pepe really looks up to, and he's always got these women around. So, um, and Pepe at the time didn't have a girlfriend. So Sammy comes in and says, who's the girl out in the in the waiting room with the green eyes, right? And Pepe, just like I, you know, I said something that was out of character when I, yeah. Pepe just said, he blurted out for whatever reason. He's like, she's with me, right? <laughs> Pepe had no idea who this girl, He never, you know, he didn't know what he was talking about. It's like in his mind, he knew Sammy had good taste, right? And he thought, okay. Um, and if I say she's with me, he's—I know he's not gonna—he's not gonna mess with her. So, <laughs> and he's telling himself, okay, now I got to find out who this girl is. Yeah. <laughs> so he goes out in the waiting room looking for the girl with the green eyes, and um, he finds her. And he's, "Hi, my name is Pepe. Who are you?" He's like, "I'm Chantel, right?" And Pepe says, uh, "Who are you here to see?" And uh, she's like, "I'm, you know, here. My my aunt uh, is dating Clarence, right? And Pepe's like, Clarence is my uncle, right? <laughs> I know, you know, his aunt's name I think it was Kalua. It's like I know her, right? And Pepe, he, he's his his big line, right, with with women at the time was he's like, "Do you have a curfew?" <laughs> <That was> just... <laughs> I love that. Right. And she says, no, I don't have a curfew. And anyway, make a long story short, they start to date and they become real close. And and she's from Minneapolis. And she also tells Pepe, you know, I have a cousin. He's 12 years old. He's really becoming a good musician, right? Um, And his name is Prince, right? And anyway, Pepe and and Chantel eventually get married. Um, Pepe is drafted, like I say, he's drafted in the army. He gets out of the army, um, goes to Minneapolis to see her. They weren't married yet, right? But he meets Prince for the first time. Prince, he wasn't out of the army, but he was on leave, I think. Um, And he meets Prince, who's 12 years old, but he looks like he's eight, right? Oh, yeah. Because he's so short. He's so you know he's so you know. And there's uh, they discovered um, some video of Prince here locally about a year ago when he was 12 years old. His mother worked for the school system, and the school system went on went on strike in
0: 1970.
1: Okay, and the reason they were looking for this footage was because this Minneapolis school system had went on strike last year, and that was the, it had been almost f- or 50 years since they'd done it, right? So they're just looking for video of the last time the school system went on strike, and somebody at the, one of the local TV stations is looking at this film. And They're interviewing kids, right, 12 year old kids, and one of them happens to be Prince. Talking to you know the CBS local CBS affiliate about the strike and how does how do the kids see it, and everybody's looking at it in the newsroom and nobody knows it's Prince, but then somebody says that's Prince. that's Prince, I think that's Prince, that's got and they research it and that turns so anyway I only bring that up because when you look at it again he looks like he's eight yeah oh yeah I mean he's so short right so Pepe thought about it. Um, or, or Pepe, when he met him, he, was, he didn't pay him any attention. Again, he looks like he's eight. And again, Chantel said he can play music, but he didn't really, you know, wasn't around. Pepe wasn't around, you know, that Christmas time enough to like, or whatever time it was of the year to, to learn anymore. But, you know, when Prince is 14 or 15, he starts, and Pepe and Chantel are married. He starts calling Pepe and asking him questions about publishing. And, and things that most fourteen or fifteen year olds don't think no, about don't when, think about yeah, yeah yeah so Prince was already thinking about those things and again eventually Pepe you know moves here becomes his mentor and but I, again, I bring that up because if Pepe doesn't say she's with me, oh you know he never meets her, and he and you and I aren't talking timing timing right. and fate is yeah. everything, yeah. And, and that's the, that's why I bring that up is because I mean,
0: it's just, you know, there, yeah. There, I mean, even honestly, you know, this is the same exact story of how I met Adam. Right. It's something simple. I, I'm on something on Twitter talking about White socks I start talking right. about movies. We talk about movies. Now I'm doing music. Now here we are, right. you know, and obviously, honestly, I spend all my time loving stuff like that. And honestly, the rest of this night, I'm going to spend thinking about that awesome story because yeah. that's yeah. a really 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 good story and honestly i'm even going to maybe think about calling this episode what's your curfew because that that <laughs> story right there that right. that that is the one i will be that's awesome yeah. really yeah. cool really cool yeah um i just want to say thank you so much for joining me tonight
1: well, you, thank know, you, Tony. I really you know
0: appreciate- um this book is really really awesome if you see me um by tony keeney and um it's Pepe, about Willie.
1: pepe Willie with i gotta give yeah yeah i mean <laughs> i was gonna
0: say pepe <laughs> wi- willy with tony keeney but right. it's all about pepe's story um which is really really awesome and, you know and that's the one thing i i never want to do is i didn't want this to be about like this is prince 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 and then pepe right. no this is right. this is pepe 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 because he really 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 did a great job and that that stuff that you were talking about, those albums in the 80s, that 94 East and stuff like that,
1: definitely
0: worth going back and checking out.
1: Yeah, and a lot of those are instrumentals. Um, but the thing about it, too, you know, that's how Pepe had a record deal with Paul. You know, that's how he got his record. You know, he, he took Prince in the studio as a 17-year-old kid. He knew he was that good. He said, I want you to play on my demo. And Prince at 17 is just playing, a, you know, and Pepe, you know, the rest of the band would talk about it, you know, afterwards, right? Did you hear what, you know, got And then Prince would call Pepe up at night and say, I think I, I don't like the way I played this part on this song, right? And Pepe was like, it was great. It was perfect. He's like, no, I want to re-record it. So Pepe'd call up the studio and and Prince, you know, he said, Prince is coming in. He wants to re-record this guitar part, right? He didn't like it. You know, the rest of us loved it. We thought it was great. But, he, you know, he was that serious about music and, and being, you know, at that age, he wanted to be the best.
0: And well, that, That's um, what's cool in the book, too, is that from Pepe's, you know, perspective, as Prince got more popular, some of the things that Pepe saw from that, from his right. own eyes and how Prince was or how Prince maybe was changing, not changing or, or
1: this and mm-hmm. that. I thought That was really, really interesting in, in the book. It is it is fascinating, and it it speaks to again. I don't want to. I mean, Prince was not a perfect. You know, I mean, I grew up. It was hard for me, idolizing Prince as a kid, um, to hear anything bad said about him. Right? I remember the first the first book. I think I was eighteen or nineteen. There was the first book, like serious biography about Prince that yeah. interviewed people that had, had played with him and grew up with him. And we're critical of him, yeah, and how he changed when he, you know, as he got, yeah, bigger. And I remember uh, people saying, you know, money, chick, you know, fame and money. It's hard not to change yeah. when, when that stuff is is thrown at you. Um, but I couldn't. I it just broke my heart. Yeah. And I had a friend explain to me, you know, had, Prince is a human being. He's you don't know him. He's not your friend. He doesn't know you. You know if your relationship with him is based on his music, that's, that should be enough. Right. But it was, but
0: yeah, I mean, I mean, that's the thing. Everyone, I mean, everyone's got a story. Everyone's been through some stuff. I mean, John Lennon from John Lennon, all the way, you know, you go through, but like, that's the thing. They're human. And I'm with you, you know, I'm with you though. When you hear things, sometimes you're, you know, it gets a little disappointing, but you know, sometimes, you know, the good outweighs the bad, you know, I, 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 you know, very, very awesome. And I really, really appreciate you coming on. And, you know, maybe, uh, you know, you could come on in the future and we could talk actual, you know, Prince albums, Peppy albums. You know, it, it would be, it's always just really good to talk to someone about awesome things like this. Yeah, I so would love that. I really appreciate this. Let me add this. Let me add us to the stream here. What happened here? Oh, there we are. But uh thank you again for joining us. Um, thank you, Tony. My name is Tony and that is Tony too. So today was two Tonys, <laughs> two Tonys talking Pepe and Prince. It was a really, really, really good time. Um, you could find us on the hookup on music on Twitter. Um, you could find me on the Twitter at the sugar Baggie. Um, We are also, like I said at the beginning now on the sadistic penguin network. So you could please check out everything that we are doing there. Lots of lots of awesome stuff. But again Tony thank you so much thank and we will talk again soon thank you I look forward to it All right